Hello everyone and welcome back to the Pretty Bubbles podcast with myself, Daryl, Mig, James and Jamie. How are we doing, fellas? Another point on the board. Yeah. yeah. Another point closer to safety. 19 I, to go. I called it. We're already safe, guys. Don't talk about that. 19 to go. I'm with Mig on this one. 19 to go. And we'll yeah, get three up. more Monday night away to the rent boys don't need to worry about championship we need to worry about champions league nah mate nah <laughs> nah, nah, nah. um just talk about that uh, that point so one one home draw to palace um i think there's actually quite a bit to discuss i only see about 40 minutes of the game because i train myself so i'll say what needs to be said of what i saw and i'll just chip in whenever i can um just go initial thoughts before we go into obviously any real talking points jamie your initial thoughts on the game um, I actually don't think we played well at all. I said outside of the Villa game and the Newcastle game, this is easily my next worst performance. Um, I honestly don't think we offered much. Like, defensively, well, first Before half, you go on, can I ask one question? This is a question to all three of you. Uh, just on that point, Jay. Um, you didn't think we played well. Was that because we didn't play well or Palace stopped us playing? I think, it was, I think it's a bit of both. This is more the first. I see the pass were quite different sort of halves, but I don't think we've done well in different areas in either half. Like the first half, I thought we did nothing. Like defensively, we looked shaky. We offered nothing going forward, and then second half, I didn't think we did anything going forward. It took a wonder goal for us to get something out of the game. I yeah, I just don't think we were great. And I, Palace are okay side they're not bad but i honestly expected more from us yes on the other day fair enough uh james initial thoughts um i think i think palace are a good side if i'm honest i think they've got some quality players in there there's uh i thought van arnholt was superb against us on on uh saturday wednesday and wednesday <laughs> didn't think that wednesday and like i thought um you'd i would take i'd take zaha I would take um, Eze. I would take Townsend. I think they're all good players. And I, I would think, take Townsend. Oh, no, I would take Townsend. So I think on his day he can be superb. He's no. just not very. He's just not as old. But then that's my point. It's my it's my time to talk, not yours. You can say you would it's take him when you're. Towards, it's towards the wrong end of the his career for me. But he's a good. He's, he's, he does a job. Yeah. yeah, and I think the thing is like that. We can't ever take them for granted. I think with when they've got them sort of players on form. Um, I think like what Jamie was saying we, we, in that first half I don't think we were particularly great at all um, I was getting frustrated at times when um, Ben Rama like was trying James to do get frustrated. I, do you know what I get frustrated <laughs> with I just get frustrated, frustrated when we lose the ball I don't care about them getting the ball back when well, we make a cross or we do a final pass to try and make something happen but it's when we just give the ball away just through shit passing, that's Five when I get. That's when, that's when I get the ump, and and I thought that we was doing that a little bit too much on Wednesday um, for a period of the game, um, but I thought Sue Fowles' uh, delivery was amazing. Um, he he des- thoroughly deserved his man of the match. We're going to come thought. on to him a little bit later. Okay, um, Rice, great again. Some. There was one tackle, I think I put on the chat, when he made that tackle. I, I can't remember which player was going through on goal, but Rice just went wallet, boof, straight through the middle of him. And I was like, 
yeah, that's that that's per that that is what he offers to um, our side that other teams just don't have. Um, but at the end of the day, the way we started and the way we finished was an improvement. So a point was a fair result. I don't think we 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 deserved it, but to with the three points, so I thought a point was fair. Okay, me. Much the same, really. I think Jamie opened us up last week before the game saying uh, that Leeds was our best performance in a long time. And I think, as he said earlier, this was our worst in a while. Um, I'd say it was worse than the Villa game um, and on a, on, on a similar sort of level to Newcastle. I think we got away with it, really. Um, we started slowly. They're, they're an organised side. Like That's what Roy Hodgson does. It's two banks of four and they're difficult to break down and then they build from that. And then they've got a couple of good players going forward, obviously Zahabi in the main one. But I don't think we did enough, especially when they went down to 10 men. Um, we had 20 minutes against 10 men and we didn't have a single shot on target in that time. You've got to be piling on the pressure. And I, and I said in the group chat while, while I was watching it, it's, it seems to be a thing for us. We never do well against 10 men. If we ever go down to 10 men, we are camped in our own half for the last five, 10 minutes when, as the other team pile on the pressure. We just don't seem to have that ability as a side. Um, and I don't really know why that is because we have got the players to be able to put pressure on. We could we could have lumped balls. We've got Haller, Haller up there. We could have thrown Suchek forward, but we just didn't really do it. And they coped really comfortably and we sh- we let them off the hook. I think that's my only still grievance with um, Moyes. He's sometimes in situations like that or we're 1-0 down with 10 to go. He's just tactically inept to change it. However well he's done, and I'll give him all the credit for what he's done over the past 10 games or whatever it's been now, he's brilliant. But there's times where you need to be a little bit a little bit clever about it or just make a change earlier. He just doesn't seem to want to do it too early. Um, now, I, I can't really say too much in the second half as I didn't see it. Um, I've seen a goal, and we'll come on to Haller's goal. But first half, I thought we were horrendous for 35 minutes. I thought we were terrible, and it was it was like going back to the start of lockdown, um, like the re the re, when we come back from lockdown those first couple of games, which didn't look like we had any sort of cohesion about the side. The only player that really stood out for that thirty five minutes was Kufal right back. Yeah, they looked and, uh, tired, didn't they? We we put it in the chat. This is another big night for him, and he's he's had a few big nights against some good players, and he had Zaha drifting over to the left, and Eze drifting over there, and he shut them both down. For 35 minutes, yeah. they, they offered nothing. I thought it was fantastic. And what a signing that lad is for £5 million. Um, so, I actually think that's the best game he's had in a West Ham shirt by an absolute mile. Yeah, and I don't think he's had a bad one yet either. Yeah. Um, so, I yeah. just looked up. So, Higo, you know you mentioned that thing about having teams red-carded. You know in the yeah. whole of last season, no team went down to 10 men against us? No really? Team. No, t- only one red card for West Ham all season. And that was Masawaki against Aston Villa away. But what I did check is the last time a team went down to 10 men was Watford against the last game of the season in the 18-19 year. Uh, at the time, it was 2-1 West Ham. We won the game 4-1. But it, I guess it's different because you've kind of got the lead already, so they've got to come at you. Yeah. But yeah. I, 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 on the Kufau point, I think he was second to none. And Moyes made a good point in his press conference. He went... Was we potentially drained from Friday night because it was quite an emotional game? Maybe. But I, outside of Kufau and Lanzini, I don't think anyone had a good game. 
a really good game, like a I've, game that changed. Like from what from what I've read since a lot of people have said Declan was fantastic again, and there's there was a big uh, compilation package of Declan being Declan, a lot of spray passes, a lot of interceptions, a lot of tackles. But is that a good game for Declan, or is that just a typical standard game for I, Declan? I don't think he was standard really game for him. I, the main thing for me is the reason that Zaha, their best player, struggled wasn't because of Declan Rice. I think it was more Kufel. I don't think Rice was great. He was a good seven out of ten performance, yeah. which is pretty, he was, pretty standard. Yeah, he was he was solid. He didn't do anything. He didn't put a foot wrong. Really, he he weren't like pulling up trees. Like uh, James mentioned, that really good tackle he did on Zaha, which was which was brilliant. And it, but the thing is, it's it's almost as though we've got sort of just complacency about it now. We just expect it from him. It's yeah. like if if he was coming fresh into the team and doing that, you'd probably be like, oh my god. The thing but, is, as a holding midfielder, you know you you can't ask much more from what he does. So, as much as um, I'm not saying uh, what you're saying, Jamie, isn't right, but a holding midfielder's job isn't to score goals. So, for in order to not- him to, I know, but I know, that's what I'm saying. Don't pick holes in. I'm not actually um, saying criticising what you're saying it's more of a case of sometimes when people uh, I don't know what more they want I guess the only thing extra can add to his game is is goal scoring but really that's he's not meant to be doing that so for people you, that's right sorry you could but for people to get to not give him a nine when you know when he's playing consistently yeah, um, but a nine a nine is a, a nine is a standout rating. Rating. it's not a consistent rating is it nine because no, of course. Nine is a standout rating. So nine, saying, nine and ten is the man of the matches, aren't they? I'm not yeah. saying he's got to score a goal for that nine, but for Declan, a seven is what we expect out of Declan Rice every game. Like, yeah, there was no one. It's it's one of them games where I don't think anyone's come out of it and gone. Declan Rice had a stinker or he had a bad game. Nah. But I don't think there's no way in the world. I think there's the talks about him being man of the match. I think it was an absolute easy pick. Decision as Kufal Kufal run that game for West Ham. Everything dangerous came down our right hand side, and their left hand side is their biggest threat, and we dominated it. So Kufal was an absolute. That's two games in a row now. It's like against Leeds, they made the change at half time to swap their left winger, and then they moved their left winger to right wing to try and get something out to try and get something out of the game. So it shows what an absolute standout player he is at the moment for West Ham, and he's probably. Behind Declan Rice and behind Angelo Bonner, the third name on the team sheet. I think the back five, um, the back five and De- I think everyone from the holding midfield, the centre backs and the full backs and the goalkeeper is all set because I don't think Diop was that good. Once Balbuena's fit, I think that's, a, that's another question I, I'll, I will come on to in a minute. I just want to talk about um, Ben Teke's goal first, and it's just a shambles that he's scoring against us because he is horrific. Um, could we have done better? Was it yes. a good goal? It's bad defending. We could have stopped the cross, but I don't. But he's so far out that why has he got a free run in there? Like he's Who drifting. didn't stop the cross. But where's the winger? He's in that uh, position. Uh, this is not me having a go at Cresswell. I generally, no, no, no. I but, generally forgot who stopped the cross. This um, is the problem. He's crossed this from probably where your winger should be shutting it down, not your fullback because if your fullback steps out there and you're uh, and he gets overrun they're in 
But for me, it's more on Diop. Why has Benteke been able to go behind him and then drift straight in and get a free header? That's terrible, in my opinion. It, yeah. The, uh, I might as well go straight onto Diop now. And I'll, I'll come back to you in a second because I just want to make this point. It, we, we've sort of... We've not slated him. We've not given him pelters. But he did have a bad game. Um, but that's got, bit, that's got to come from... He's still only a youngster as well. And he's not played football for... Well, since the second week of the season when he come down with COVID. So we can't help, we can't put put too much on him because I think that's not that's not fair on him because I think he is, he will become he will come good especially the more he plays, um, but yeah I, I agree he could have done better. I mean, what's your thoughts on Diop and the goal itself? Um, I'd literally just watched the goal back. Um, so it's a combination of Creswell and Fornells really. Creswell is quite far up the pitch Bloody closing down Creswell. Townsend. He's quite about the pitch closing down Townsend. And then as uh, the ball goes past him, uh, onto I think it was Joel Ward who put the cross in, um, four hours is sort of just wandering back. He, he makes no, he's the one closest to the crosser and he makes no attempt to shut him down. Um, him and he's just just closer than Creswell. But the actual movement in the, it's, it's all right movement from Benteke, but it's basic. He's just gone. Towards the back post, little jink back towards the centre of the goal, and he's completely lost the off all over. Um, but yeah, it's it's not good when Benteke is scoring against you, especially he, or he scored he scored three goals in his last three games, which is the same tally he got in the previous two seasons. So yeah. that is uh, that's pretty shocking. Yeah, while we talk about goals, we might as well talk about um, the wonder strike of Ashley. We only score worldies against Palace, don't we? Yeah, we do. Yeah, you're bang on. Um, what a goal it was from Sebastian Haller. Um, we'll talk about his goal, then I'll ask you about his performance as a whole. Um, just incredible finish. Uh, cracking ball, incredible finish. Couldn't have done much more. Nah. Um, and did you see his interview after? I haven't. Mate, I, honestly, oh. this week, and I've, I've slacked a bit this week, I haven't seen it, oh. really anything from after. He, the, the reporter said to him, so how does it feel like scoring a goal like that? He was basically like, well, to be honest, he's not, I do it quite. I do it all the time, but he does. To be fair, he does. He does it. It's like it's not uncommon for him to score goals like that. He said I used to do it at Frankfurt. It's just I'm just I'm just good at sort of getting in the right positions to to sort of do it. And then they asked Moyes the same question, and he was like, "To be honest, it's not a shock to me. I see him do it in training." Do you know what would be nice if he got in the right position to finish that? Just to finish a sitter. That's exactly what Moyes said. Yeah. He went, "I just wish he'd do get the tap ins in as well." Yeah. The so, thing I, I, I think as a finisher, he's there. Like, I think he's not a bad, like, finisher of the ball. And that will come with chances. It's just his hold-up play that frustrates me the most with him. And that's why I think with Antonio, he'd work. I think if he played as a 38-game season, I do think he'd easily clear 10 goals quite easily. And I don't remember last time he had a striker do that. Antonio last year. But he only just did ten. Still done it. Like, I think thanks, it's thanks to thanks to a Norwich side that gifted, <laughs> yeah. gifted him yeah, four. Like <laughs> and he didn't play thirty eight games last year either. So suck it. Uh, can I can I make a a, a, a slight, I don't know if it's a controversial statement about this goal. You make whatever statement you would like. Uh, I don't think it's a good cross. It's behind him. It's behind everyone that's running into the box. It's behind all of them. It's is just it, is been. That, is that a bad cross or a bad timing of the run? No, I'd say well, bad got... cross. If every single person... Sorry. Yeah. 
don't, yeah, don't get me wrong. He, he's obviously made the most out of it, but I wouldn't say it's a good cross particularly. Can you stop just... slagging off Kufal? No, I'm not slagging him off. He was man of the match. He was fantastic. <laughs> but all I'll just... say is, if that was his mate Creswell who done that cross and <laughs> Harry's <laughs> terrible he, cross, he, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Terrible cross. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's a fantastic finish. I was watching actually uh, BT Sport did a, a, a like little Twitter feed of uh, Alaire's overhead kicks. There was one again, one for Frankfurt, um, which was like a 93rd minute winner. There was the one against Watford early last season, the one against Bournemouth at home, and then this one. So yeah, as you say, it's it's not exactly something that's unexpected anymore. But um, I think it's much better than he was against Leeds last week. Uh, it was. His all-round play, his hold-up play, bringing other players into into the game was much better. So, as long as he's improving from that standpoint, I'm I'm more encouraged because, as myself and Jamie both said as well, like the chances are there, and he will start taking them, and he's getting in the right position. So goals will come, but the the, the rest of his play has got to m- meet those expectations. Give him a rating out of ten for Wednesday night. All three of you. I'd probably say a seven for the goal, but I don't think anyone anyone apart from Sufal really deserves anything more than a seven for us, purely because we weren't very good. But I think in, in general he was he was all right. We didn't make any chances for him. We didn't get any I think yeah. in the first half he didn't have a touch of the ball in the box. Yeah, just I think apart the, from the, that strike, he didn't actually do anything, did he? I have a, <laughs> yeah. I have a question later on in the show about Haller and Antonio, and we'll come on to that in the second segment. Um are you two agreeing with Mig seven out of ten? I, I think it's a, I think it's a fair fair rating. Yeah, I felt for him. I thought he was slightly isolated, but that comes on to I think that was Ben Rama's worst game in a West Ham shirt. For now, as he's ghosting through games at the moment. Good like, segue. That's exactly what I wanted to come on to. We'll go up. We'll we'll go with that segue. Four hours. Um, yeah, he's he's been very quiet of late, and from speaking to you guys on Wednesday. Lanzini had a very good game when he came on yeah, he and seemed to be the man to create as much as what he could. Um, and he obviously passed the ball through for Kufal's cross. Um, are we getting to the point where Lanzini deserves a start? Yep, yeah, for me. No, I think he definitely did. He, he did enough. I, I'd, I'd give him a go. He did enough in that 45 minutes for me to warrant giving him a start. He Purely also loves the, a goal in the London Dubs. He does love a goal in a London derby, and he did he did enough in that game to warrant nine, at least starting a game. Because coming into a game, you don't really have the pace of the game, and, and he still played well. And it also shifted a formation. It put Ben. He came into the ten, and Ben Rama went out wide left, which I think could be a good position for Ben Rama as well. But I mean, he can sort of have that free role where he can sort of go about the pitch as he pleases. But he, as Jamie said, it weren't his best game at That's all. That's where I really like Manu. Because um, we've seen him in the past drop into that centre midfield role as well. So if you're playing that four-two-three-one, which in the last couple of games we have played, he, he's it gives you two really attacking wide men in Ben Rama and Bowen, and it gives you Lanzini who can pick a pocket. And if you need him to drop in into a three in midfield, he can do. And I think that's why I, I personally play four nails in that role as well, and take Ben Rama wide and let Ben Rama play off the left completely, because that's where he played for Brentford last year. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I know uh, against Leeds he played that free role and he was dangerous as hell. But I play him out there and I same as Bowen. As soon as you get the ball to the pair of them, you just as Bowen does drive. Just start driving at defenders. Let's let's make defenders commit tackles in areas where we can get crosses in the box for those big guys to score, start scoring some more goals. All right. So yeah. 
I'd like to see Manu play. I've always been a big fan of um, Manu as well, so it'll be interesting. They obviously we've got Chelsea Monday, Brighton Sunday, Southampton Tuesday. Then we play again. I'm, getting, I'm Ever- getting muddled up. With we my play day. Everton on a Friday, and I've yep. played I believe it's the Monday night. Is it Monday night or the Monday after in the cup? One of them. Um, so there's a lot. Yeah, of the Monday after. Yeah, there's a lot of games coming up in a very short amount of time. So I'm sure Lanzini's going to get a go. Antonio's coming back in uh, to fitness. He's going to get another run in the side. Um, it's going to it's going to be very interesting. I'm sure we might even see um, Ben Johnson get a game at some point. It'll be interesting to see how we go about it. Now, the problem is our shortest really position at the moment. Not, we're not short there because we've still got players out. Is that central midfield area of Rice and Zucek? Because you lack quality when you take them two out and you're putting in Noble, probably Snodgrass right now. So it is a worry going forward. Yeah, I agree with you there. It, they're, they're arguably your two fittest players, but still you can't expect them to play both your centre midfielders to play every minute of every game all season. You see it last night as well. I think it was the Villa game. Um and Monday night, hamstrings are going all over the place at the moment. And we we will not be able to afford to lose Rice and Zuchek for six to eight weeks. This is this is a good opportunity for me to, to bring in my question that I had for you. I was do you want to go, go now? Second half. I'll go we, now. Cause, well, uh, while we we're talking do, about We can them. do a song and come back to it. No, nah, let's get it out. Let's get it done. This, oh, is, okay. this is exciting stuff, right? So, I was reading an article on The Athletic the other day by Roshane Thomas, who does all their West Ham coverage, and his opening statement in this argument. Based on current form, there is an argument to be made that Declan Rice and Thomas Suchek are the best central midfield partnership in the Premier League. What do we think? Agreed. Uh, no, not for me. I, I think that's... Yeah, but you, you, you don't rate Declan Rice. No, that's not true. You don't think Declan Rice is an England midfielder? No, that's not my point. That's still not my point. Okay. Name it. He still didn't deny it. that, though, Daryl, did the, he? The, 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 if you're going to counter it, we need as a central midfield partnership. So what they do as central midfielders, so you can't like you can't throw in players like Bruno Fernandes because he's not a central midfielder. So as a central midfield partnership, who are the best central name midfield me, partnerships? Name in the two better, Jamie, on form. Hey, hey, not, hey. Not, 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 on, not in standard, on form. Um... I'm trying to remember. Well, uh, because there isn't any. See, I, I can't remember who plays with him, but who? give me, a, give me a sec, and I will tell you. Because, because in the meantime, I'll, tell, I'll, I'll read a bit more. That's who he's going to come out with. He's going to come out with Roy Keane and Paul Scott. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he says, uh, you've got "You're remember. not going to like this. You're not. You're going to uh, say Hoy Bergen and James Ward-Prowse. James Ward-Prowse and who? Oriol Romeo." Playing better than Rice and Zuchek. Get out of town. As a partnership, the forward and defensive side is just better. What are you? I know, I know you're good mates with Skidders, but fucking hell, that's how it's like. No. I think, <laughs> get out. No. Romeo isn't as good as either as Suchek and Rice, but I think as a pair, them two are right now on form up there. Fair enough. But uh, So I'll, I'll read you a bit more of what he said. So... Another good thing is that with this partnership as well, Rice is 21 and Suchek's 25. They're both young, and it's Suchek's first ball Premier League season. Um, and he's being linked with Bayern Munich in a, as a £50 million pound move. Um, but what it brings in is um, against Palace, 
Suchek won more aerial duels than, duels than any outfield player. And of all the midfielders in the Premier League, he's the first by some distance in duels one. He's on 71. Um, second is Kiate on 44. Um, oh, if you can even... Yeah, and he's been playing at centre-half. Um, so they've got like some stats about them as well in terms of um, from... It's a company called Smart Scout, and they sort of rank everyone on 0 to 99, like a bit like a FIFA rating, really. And it's got all that. So it's quite an interesting read. Um, but Suchek is also, aside from Kevin De Bruyne, Bruno Fernandes, Jack Grealish and Mason Mount, they're the only midfielders that have had more shots than him this season. So he's, he's doing his bit going forward as well. Um, this is the only area he really lacks in his game is the sort of transitions between defending and attack. But that's where Declan Rice comes in, which is why they sort of suit each other really well, because Declan's got that ability to bring the ball out from the back and play the forward passes. So I'd recommend oh, it to anyone. Apparently he doesn't play the ball hand off forward. No, I true. Not actually, to in I think Rice and Suchek are probably up there, but I think them two are quite close. I think no, they're, they're the two outstanding hands. Jamie, right now, you know, if this was a question, is Cresswell the best left back in the world? Jamie would go yes. Jamie's up now. Declan ain't even that good. Uh, right now, that's not actually a bad statement. And I think right now, there's a fair statement that Anne Creswell's in the top three left backs in the league. I said it in the league, potentially, not in the world. Yeah, but the world's a big old place, Daryl. Yeah, <laughs> a lot but... of footballers out there. <laughs> yeah, De- Declan Rice is the best centre mid- defensive centre mid in the world. <laughs> okay, <laughs> funny guy. <laughs> he's up there in the league for sure. Yeah, um, he's top three in the league. No, I'm I'm of the opinion that right now, those okay. two in midfield are the best two best centre pairing in the league. You are right, Jay. Walt Prowse and Oriol mm. Moe are up there, as are Hoiberg and Sissoku, um, or if he plays with Dembele, they're a good they're a good sort of three or three in that midfield as well, especially whoever plays with Hoiberg. But Declan Rice and Zuchek, I think, have played pretty much every minute this season. They've been superb. It's I think whoever plays with Henderson as well at the moment, like Liverpool. That- that's something, if they hit form, you've got to look at Thiago and Henderson are going to be... Yeah, yeah. Really you know what, stop Liverpool, though, is it Liverpool's midfield that makes them tick, though? No, the Liverpool midfield isn't actually that important. But you think about it, if they were full strength, their midfield three is likely to be Jordan Henderson, Thiago, um, who would be Navi their Kata. last? Naby yeah. or Junior Wijnaldum. Daryl's mate. Well, I don't even remember what I called him. <laughs> Winger Lydon. You know <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's, um, you know how like we've had, I think the last time we had a decent midfield like this, obviously, was that year when we played uh, the last season of the Bolin. And did we have Alex Song at the, at the back? Uh, no, in, he oh, in the best year of his career. That was... Exam. That wasn't his better year at us. The better year for Song at us was the year before. Because the year at the bowling, the last year at the bowling, it was more Kiata and Noble. Yeah. Because yeah. I think that, because I remember him, Song having that sort of level above everyone else. On the that pitch. was the year before, because he came back um, the second year online. The year before he was absolutely right. standout, absolutely yeah. standout. Like, and it kind of, and it's funny how, like, you know, when you get, you get that little bit of quality, which is what we've got now. And it, this is the first time I think for a long time since probably Nolan that we've had a goal scoring midfielder like Suchek. 
Yeah, this is actually life. something that really annoyed me about Kiate the further he got in his West Ham career. He, he, him and Zucek, I, I think when you look at them, are so similar. Rangy midfielders, very good in the air, strong defensively. But Kiate just got lazy at us. Like you look at that season at the uh, last season at Bowling, he scored against Arsenal early, and he had one, he had one of the best years in midfielders at West Ham, and then he just stopped playing. Right. To be and fair, he's, he's a very good player at Palace, and he played well the other night. So yeah, to be fair, he was more of a defensive midfielder that gave you an aerial threat. Suchek is more your box to box midfielder, I'd argue. So, Kiate's first couple of years, he was a box to box midfielder, mate. Uh, he was, mm. he was right. We've been talking on this topic for pretty much nearly half an hour. We're gonna go to a goal, and uh, it pains me to say it. These three melts have picked. Um, Aaron Cresswell, the, the worst left back in the league. league at the, moment. the worst left back in the league. Um, his goal against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge last played. season. It was around about this time last year, wasn't it? Early December. We played um, no, November time, late November. Okay, late I November. In the Wonderland, we won. Yeah, um, so let's, let's go to uh, the best left back in the league's goal. Cresswell cuts inside. Oh, my goodness, does he? Cresswell stuns Chelsea and maybe brings life to West Ham United season. Into the bottom corner, past there is a Balaga. Brilliant start to the second half for West Ham. Okay, that was a, a very, very fluky goal by uh, our left back, Aaron Cresswell. Uh, now, great strike. Best, best um, left back in the league. Very good result for us at Stanford Bridge last year. So that is where we head to on Monday night, 8 o'clock. Um, our last fixture before Christmas, so we will have a podcast out before Christmas as well, moving into Brighton and the Southampton games. Something for you to, for you to sit down and listen to on Christmas morning while you unwrap your presents. Yes. Um, you don't need the Queen's speech anymore. Or you need put it on put it on while you have your Christmas dinner and listen to us for, well, us three legends and a nonce. Um and that hey, could be either that could be either of you three. I'm not going to say. That. <laughs> no, actually, I'm calling you. Know who it is. No, no, it's you for disrespecting Aaron Creswell. <laughs> right. Um, after that performance that we've just spoke about at Palace, can we physically go to Stamford Bridge and get another good result? Of course, we can. Yes, but I don't think we will. Do you know what? I'm more I'm more positive about this than I was about Palace. I think um, it's an interesting because I was quite confident before the Palace game. I think I was quite naive because I'm thinking about just the way we're playing and not the actual matchups. Um, where so they were a well-organised team, hard to break down. Whereas Chelsea are going to be more of a sort of attacking, free-flowing unit. They're going to be there, available to hit on the counter-attack, which is similar to Leeds, where they were open and they were trying to play attacking football and they're pressing high up the pitch. You weren't getting that with Palace. We had time on the ball in our own half. And on on that halfway line where your defenders can pass it about, but we didn't have the final ball. Whereas I think it's going to be it's going to play a little bit more into our hands in this game because they're going to be coming at us, which is when we tend to play better. So we can get a result. Um, it's just a matter of getting taking the chances when they come because they probably will come. Um, Chelsea are in bad form at the moment, and like their last three games, they've drawn with Krasnodar, lost to Everton, and lost to Wolves. So mm-hmm. they're gonna they're not in the best of form and they're gonna they're, they're, they're gonna up. be a bit they're due a win, gonna, aren't they? But they're gonna they're also that's they're gonna be nervous because they, they need a win. Um Lampard's starting to get a bit of flack in the media and 
he's yeah. under a bit of pressure. So, and it's obviously against his old club. Um, so he's he's going to want to want to do one over. Oh, so I what think I, they what might I'd do to beat them again. They might be a little bit desperate. Be fair, do I we think... know? Sorry, I was saying, do we know who's who's playing for Chelsea? Like who's in and out? Uh, no, it'll I, probably I think... be Giroud up front again. I'd suggest. Now taking the side, Werner's in the side, Pulisic is in the side. It'll be that again. To with what we've seen. The amount of fixtures going forward, they probably will make changes. So I think the biggest the thing, thing that I think. Sorry, go on, Jamie. I, I'd say the biggest thing that gives me positivity is Mendy's now starting to look a bit human. Like Mendy's yeah. last couple of game has had a couple of mistakes and. Let's be honest, I think once he came in, he was always going to be seen as a positive because of how bad Kepper is. So, look, when you line up yourself against a piece of poo, you're going to look a little bit good. And I don't actually think he's great. He's all right. Um, so I think this that's the thing. This defence, I think you can get at now. I just worry they're going to outplay us going forward because Werner's a good player. Pulis yeah. is Absolute baller, general class. They they are, uh, Jamie, and I, and I agree with you. Um, I do think though, we they 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 would be they will be worried about Bowen. They will be worried about um, Heller's aerial ability, Suchet's aerial think, ability. I don't, think, I don't think they will. See, I, I, think, do. I think that absolutely sets up Thiago Silva's game. Mm, Thiago, Zuma and Silva are quite strong centre-backs. I would actually say our biggest aim is down our left against Reese James with how advanced he plays. I think Nat's Both of their there. full-backs get forward, so you, you want to be looking to hit him in behind on the counter. Um, but you look at their their team, especially like the way they've been playing. You've got two attacking full-backs in Chua and James. You've got Kante, who's going to probably be sitting a bit more. But then the rest of their midfielders and attacking players are all getting forward. So the other players on uh, in their game against Wolves on Sunday night was it were Mount Havertz, Pulisic, Werner, and Giroud, and they're all there's only one real player that's anchoring the side there. So they're there to be got out down the wings because their fullbacks are going to be getting forward. So that's where you need someone like Ben Ramo if he's going to be playing on the left potentially with Lanzini in the middle, and you want Bowen to really be getting at him because that's that's where we're going to have success. I think if, if, if we if we if we win or get anything from the game. That. First ten minutes against Leeds, we see we see him break down our right, Leeds is left. And when we hit the ball, Bowen's first Bowen's first thought was, "I'm going to just go." And he yeah. got behind the he got behind the left back, and I'm pretty sure it was Declan just picked his ball out, and he's in. Like he's, he's behind the back, he's behind the left back, he's onto their back too. That is the sort of breaks we're going to have to bring into the game now. For me, I know he's just scored an absolute world of a goal and confidence is probably pretty high. I would play Antonio. See, Antonio I... has got... Antonio scares the living, living shit out of Chelsea and he has done for a couple of years now. He absolutely, he absolutely annihilated Chelsea twice last year. Now, I'd, I'd be very tempted to play Antonio this week. See, I'm more of the opposite opinion of distance of our next three games, the toughest of the lot. That's why I play him. But I I look at it more. It's probably the toughest of the lot. If we get a result, it's a bonus. Let's maybe make him fitter for the games we're more likely to get a result. Especially as Antonio, someone who kind of needs time to get ready and match fit. That's kind yeah. of what the way I look. Yeah, at it. it's, it's, if it's the Antonio game. that we saw against Villa, I don't want him to play. If if he's a hunt, he weren't fit. 
we just we saw that from the moment he started in that game. He weren't making his runs. He didn't have the pace. He weren't scaring any defenders. So if it's that Antonio, no. If he's fully fit, then it's a tempting thing to do. Um, he probably will need a game or two to really get back up and running. So you do want to give him a game probably before the likes of um, Brighton and Southampton after that. He's so also got a very good, a very good. I don't think it's a very good goals record, but he's he's always played very well against Southampton. Um, yeah, so it's or that he can definitely get at. It's it's a tricky one. Like I think if it, uh, a fully fit Antonio and a fully fit Aller, I think Antonio is a better matchup for their defenders because mm-hmm. it's Silver and Zuma haven't got as much pace, whereas they'll probably find it a lot easier to deal with balls up to a, a big striker because they're big physical players. And whereas Thiago Antonio's game in a hole, if you're starting to turn Thiago Silver, he's going to start getting worried. Yeah, exactly. Um, Thing is with strikers, you know, like once you hit a bit of form, like bit, like use. He's not in form though, mate. He's got no, 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 but he's, doesn't doesn't matter. But just I know this is just playing from an amateur level. Once you get a goal as a, a forward-thinking player, you do get that that you just want. You want more. It's almost like the equivalent of once you've got two goals going off is like the worst thing here. Even though you might not even get another sniff at the ball to get a hat trick, just that what if sort of is infuriating and I think just getting that one goal to a striker is such a big morale boost um, and I think I don't think you can do it like look what happened like Lanzini scored that absolute worldie he didn't really had a sniff since that game yesterday he was he almost played like he was trying to prove Wednesday. himself the other day he was almost trying to, <laughs> almost trying to well, hey, hey, you can't laugh after your dates the other week. Yeah. How about Davey? It's birthday. Oh, no. Monday, Friday. Yeah, so... Uh, oh, no, like, you sounded like Jamie, then. Yeah. So, um... Wait yeah. a sec. Wait. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> if he takes the mick out of how I talk, I can accept it. But you, you of all people, the <laughs> toe, the living toe. <laughs> the living toe. At least I'm not a big nonce. Hey, I embrace it. I accept it. Do you? It's a family-friendly show. Just doesn't have to get the old bill. This out, James. This ain't professional. We've gone right off topic here. No, I think think, um, Antonio, I would bring Antonio on as an impact in this game purely because I feel like he needs minutes gradually, not like thrown straight into the deep end. There's an an impact and there's being 3-0 down. As much as I hate to say it, I agree with James. I think he's more someone that you can bring on as as a change-up. <laughs> I think it's also that worry of if we start him and he gets another injury and he's out over the whole festive period, yeah. we're going to be screwed. Yeah, but then you could you can bring him on as a sub, get injured, and then you've got to make another sub. Yeah, but the odds on that are less likely. Why? Less game time. If you start ninety minutes, you're going didn't to play. Say more. play not, didn't say he's got to play ninety minutes. Yeah, I guess. Well, no, but if he's if he's gonna be if he's gonna be coming on as a sub, he's gonna be coming on probably 60, 70 minutes into the yeah. game. If you're gonna be starting him, you're you're probably expecting him to play at least for an hour. Yeah. But at the same time, if you're sitting, on, if you've done all that warm up, then go sit down, do another warm up. You're probably not fully warm, so there's still more of a chance of you coming on and getting an injury. Daryl, you've been watching football a lot of years. You know that the standard for bringing someone back into a team is. Building up their minutes. I agree. I do agree. So that's a yes there. Done. <laughs> I would start him because I'd rather him, if he gets Brian injured early, if he gets injured early, you make the one sub, right? 
Or if he gets through 45 minutes like he did the other day, you can bring a sub on. If, he, if he's not fully fit and you bring him on after 60 minutes and he gets hurt after 10, right? Which could happen. You've got no striking option on the bench. But yeah, Malenko. This is the up. We, we are it's, talking about him to get injured. I also can't... If he doesn't get injured, I just think he's better as an impact sub because his pace is going to stretch him when the game is more tired, I think. And also, it's one of them. Say we are losing this 2 or 3-0. You don't bring him on. He's not going to get injured. And he's ready for Southampton and Brighton. I just think if he comes on and he does get injured, we are buggered. If he comes on, we get a result. If he plays, we start, we get a result. And he doesn't get injured. Fantastic. Perfect world. I just don't see it going that way. To me, I don't know, I don't okay. know if it, how, how wrong. I think either way, if he starts, you know, and has an okay game, he's getting minutes. You know, he's probably not going to play a full 90. He'll probably get substituted earlier than, you know, about, about, maybe about 60 minutes, maybe. Um, if he doesn't start, the chances are he'll come on for the last 20 minutes to get some. Although, either way... I don't think it's going to be a bad thing because it's such a, a contrast from the way Haller plays. Chelsea will then get adapted to how Haller is playing in that game. And then as soon as Antonio comes on, the whole dynamics change. And then it gives Frank Lampard something to think about. So either way, I don't think it's a bad thing if either one starts or either one comes on because it offers something different. Until we okay. lose the game. We'll move on. Um, the only other real sort of Question and we've obviously spoke about Lanzini and for now. If Balbuena is fit, does he come back in? No brainer, yes. yes. Thought so. Fair yes. enough. Um, I've, 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 I've not heard anything to see if he's back for Chelsea again. That might be a game too soon if it's a groin injury. Is it a groin or a calf? It's one of them. Groin, yeah. I think uh, there was rumors, so so you don't want to rush that. Rush great groin strains on me last about four no, weeks. No, but we'd rather start him and use the sub at the start of the game. <laughs> <laughs> Different story, Jay, because he's actually injured. Antonio's meant to be fit. <laughs> no, I've heard rumours that Balbuena could be fit. I've heard, I'm pretty sure I saw a rumour that he could potentially be fit for this game. Then I'd start him. I think if he's fit, you start him because I think the drop-off is quite quite high at the moment of Bonner and Balbuena have made a good partnership. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, okay. Last thing, predictions. Do you want some stats first? Yeah. Give me some stats. Here's so a stat, we, man. we have played Chelsea 114 times across our history. And we've won 14. Uh, no, I was going to ask you, how many do you think we've won out of 114? 114. 134. Oh, I was going to go in the 30s. I'm going to go 37. I'm going to go 42. Jamie has nailed it. 42. Wow. Oh, oh, he's the cheater. When he he's wins. online, mate. He's, <laughs> he's looking. Yeah. Are you yeah. cheating, little soul? Share your screen. Share your screen. hands are down there. All right. Um, so we've oh, won 42. So drawn 22 <laughs> and lost 50. Uh, the first meeting between the two sides was the 20th of October, 1923, and it was a nil-nil draw. Um, as we were in the FA Cup final. Yeah. And uh, we also we beat them a week later, 2-0. Uh, uh, more recently, in the last three years, we uh, won three, drawn two, lost one. So okay. we, we've got the upper hand against them lately. 
Um, but then as you as you go back towards sort of the, the Abramovich years, the record doesn't get as good. We we went from we beat them in May 2003, and then we didn't beat them again until December 2012. Was that May 2003? That must have been Decanio. I can tell you it was, if you like. It was. Paolo Decanio, 1-0. That was his volley, wasn't it? No. No? Uh, this was the, the home game. This was the home game. Uh, that was when we went, went down, weren't it? Yeah, that was the year we went down. It, I think that might have been his last, go- his last goal for West Ham, perhaps. Potentially, because that was right at the end of the season as well. When we cried. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, because then we we had to win that to even have a chance of staying up, didn't we? And then, yeah. But I think uh, results yeah. went against us, so yeah. basically we were down anyway. Yeah. Uh, the t- I think I think we we done the double over in that season. Um, we beat them 3-2 away, and I think that was when Decanio scored his body. He scored two that yes. game. Yeah. So I, I, oh, I remember in the group chat when we beat Chelsea last season, and they went, last time we did the double over Chelsea, we got relegated, and Daryl was starting to have like the world's ending. We're going down. We're still not safe this year, Joe. Yes, we are. As I said, I'll buy breakfast for you all if we go down. Okay. Um, I want so, breakfast yeah, and dinner if we go down. And of I course, will, we, we did what? the double over last season. With I will buy yeah, breakfast all week for all three of you if we go down. Deal. Fingers crossed we go down. <laughs> <laughs> you are not a real fan. <laughs> I just want breakfast. Um, <laughs> breakfast. Um Okay, predictions. Uh, James, give me a score. I'm going to go for Chelsea to win 2-1. And our goal scorer is going to be... uh, Let's go with our main man, Aaron Cresswell. Racy. He's injured. No. Uh, Mick. Okay, can I have a plan B then in case he does get injured? No, he's... sorry, mate. That's your pick. Yeah, he's not, he's not you, injured. You, you have five every week. Yeah, um... but I'm the host, so I can do it. <laughs> okay, my vice, my vice goal scorer is going to be a Bonner with another goal. Fair enough. Give me a score. Uh, I'm going to go with my favourite, Desmond. I think it's going to be an open game. I think there's going to be there's goals for both sides to be had. I think they've, they've obviously got a lot of attacking prowess. Giroud is going to be uh, a key player for them. We've got to keep him quiet. Uh, he's not, he's obviously in very good form at the moment, goal scoring wise. So we've got to keep him quiet. But then they've still got Werner and and Pulisic and Havertz and Mount. So it's going to be tough. But I think two all. They're open at the back. We're fairly open. Easy money. Get it Jamie. on. Annoyingly, I wanted to go two one Chelsea, but James stole that. Um... Uh, just, I'm just throwing this out there. We can have the same yeah, prediction. Can have like, the same. Yeah, story. okay. Uh, <laughs> if, you, if we think that's what it's going to be, you just pick like, different uh, goal scorers. I say, if you don't want to, I think you know, unless you agree that as well. No, I, I'll go two-one uh, Chelsea, um, and I think our goal scorer is probably going to be someone like I don't know uh, Ben Rama. I am going to go with one-nil West Ham. Jesus. I think our record when all three of us don't predict a win and Daryl predicts a win is really good. So I'm on board with this. And it's going to be Mikel Antonio. Off the bench. From the start. Off the bench. bench. He's going to score. We're going to take him off. That'll do you, Mickey. Rest up for Saturday or Sunday, whatever it is. Monday. Or Monday or Thursday. No, we play this Monday and then we play Sunday. (laughs) 
I wouldn't be against him having half each, though. Uh, you can't get into a game with just half. It's either got to be you play 60 minutes or you get 35. Mm. Where's the logic in that? That makes no Ex- sense. Extra time. <laughs> I, 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 injury time. I mean, it works because Lanzini came on at half time yesterday, uh, on Wednesday, and, and it made a difference. It's good to be so, a new- that was also kind of a key. Then I think we could do that. I reckon we could pull it level and then they'll end up getting a winner. I'll be buzzing Monday, Mick, when Hadders played 60 minutes and we get five minutes injury time and Antonio gets 35. <laughs> <laughs> Daryl, if that happens, we'll all buy you a beer. I want breakfast. <laughs> I'm not drinking at the moment. I want breakfast. breakfast. Yeah, drinking. <laughs> You're not drinking. What is we'll, wrong with we'll you? It's you Christmas. A, we'll buy you a, a, a sausage and egg McMuffin. Each. 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 You two can buy me them. I want one of yours made, Matt. I've seen some of your breakfast muffins. I want one made. Right, that is it. Um, <laughs> we've got one more episode before Christmas. Um, so we'll get out early next week. Um, I'm actually looking forward to the game. I'm actually pretty gutted this Monday night because we've got to wait another three days for the game. Um I'm actually just enjoying watching West Ham play at the moment, which is great. So that's we're, we're going to call it a day there. We'll be back Tuesday, Wednesday next week. And the last thing to say is, come on, you irons. Come on, you irons. You irons. Oh. Thanks.